2: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the
1: Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello everyone, and welcome to the October twelfth, twenty seventeen edition of On the Daily, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at HeathK, and my co-host, none other than Nick Giffen. You know him, you love him, you can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. Nick, how's everything going? And are you prepared for what I anticipate to really just be kind of a a crazy week six in DFS, one that has just a ton of plays that I love this week?
2: Yeah, I think this week is awesome for DFS. There's a lot of uh, interesting spots. I think a ton of quarterback plays in play. I think plenty of tight end plays in play. Um uh, should be some high scoring. There could also be a couple below.
0: Love a Good Deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
2: That's which means there there are gonna be some pretty chalky situations as well. And, and with so many games that, you know, I think are either projected for high totals or, or blowouts, I think we've got, what is it, four games here that are, have a spread of over nine points for the favorite. So, New England over New York Jets um Houston over Cleveland, Washington over San Francisco and then Atlanta over Miami, then you add in some high total games like the New Orleans Detroit game or possibly the the Minnesota Green Bay game which is, you know, at 46 and a half, which isn't anything to sneeze at. You got a lot of team situations plays in play this weekend and uh you know, there could even be more in, in some of the other games as well. So, just a ton of of value, a ton of uh, options this week. So, it'll be a fun week to dive into.
1: Oh, most certainly will. Most certainly will. Let's get right into everything. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone, you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. Also for those looking you are excuse me for those of you looking for a direct feed for our show in particular, we have created a specific channel on both iTunes and Block Talk Radio for the on-the-daily pods. This won't affect anything if you still want to remain subscribed to the primary Rotoviz radio channel to listen to, you know, to listen to all that audio content that we do offer at Rotoviz. But if you'd like just to get our show specifically, just to let you know that option is now available for you. All right, Nick. Let's start off with some cash game plays. We will begin with the running back position. To where you look left, you look right. There is just you are surrounded by running back value this week. You know the big Adrian Peterson trade obviously opened up some value in New Orleans. Um, Jarek McKinnon, I'd say, is probably a name we're going to discuss. You know having that nice night in Minnesota, but being priced up before that, so he's going to probably be that same price um, going into Green Bay. I mean, there's just Endless amounts of names on my list, Nick. So um, let's hear some names that you're looking at for cash this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely mentioned some of the the optimal situations there with Jarek McKinnon, with the New Orleans backs. Um, you know, I, I know the New Orleans backs definitely get a, a value boost with Adrian Peterson gone. Uh, but, But the thing to remember is Adrian Peterson at most had 11 opportunities in any one game and that was the game against the Carolina Panthers uh, before that and that was 9 rushes 2 targets other than that the most opportunities he had in the game was 8 so it's not like there's a, a super ton of value that is uh opening up but of course a a you know when they're priced at 45 and 4400 they're they're certainly in play um and I think you know one or the other is going to be a very good cash game play. The the key is to figure out which. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about that in a little bit. But I wanted to also uh, touch on Jarek McKinnon. I think that's a very good spot. Um against Green Bay, Green Bay. You know you you do expect a game there where there will be some scoring. Minnesota will have to move the ball. They might have to throw a little bit, which brings McKinnon into play even more. So I definitely like Jarek McKinnon in cash. But I also like paying up for Kareem Hunt. Um you know this is a guy who. He's only priced 8200 but he has Le'Veon Bell upside and floor. And I mean, the guy almost hit 50 fantasy points in week one, uh, 25 and 28 the next two weeks. And I know he, air quote, only had 19 and, and 17 and a half the past two weeks, but I think that's pretty close to his floor. Um, and now he's getting a matchup against Pittsburgh that I think both of these teams We'll, we'll end up moving the ball a little bit and, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt didn't score a touchdown in either of those games, either through the air or on the ground. So if he scores a touchdown and has a 17 point floor, that's 23 points you're looking at right there at an $8,200 value on DraftKings. So, I think Cream Hunt really should be in consideration for cash games as well. I do think there would be some other interesting situations that people look at. Um, namely, Leonard Fournette has had a very good year, but, uh, I don't necessarily, I know they're at home, but I don't necessarily love the situation here with him being priced at $8,000 on DraftKings. I think he's a better play on FanDuel, especially where it's only also half PPR instead of full PPR. So, uh, that's kind of where I am at cash games right now. I, I, I definitely think, you know, Fournette is in play on, on FanDuel, but, but I, on DraftKings, he, he's a complete avoid for me in cash. But Heath, I'm curious where you're going in this New Orleans game. Do you have a choice between Ingram or Kamara? I, I think it's pretty clearly Ingram.
1: I know people are throwing around Kamara's name, and I do think he's viable as a guy that, you know, who, you know, just, he gets those high value touches, and he's been doing a lot with them. But, uh, we gotta remember that Ingram is the, he's still the, the lead back in New Orleans. Um, they love to use him in the passing game still, even though Kamara has shown he is capable in the passing game. He's gonna get the goal line touches, and this is a game to where I believe the team, the, the game total is over 50 points. Um, it, with New Orleans favored by four, coming off of um, a bye week, so they had a, you know extra time to prepare for this Lions team. Who, um, if you're just looking at an average, you know, fantasy points against, um, they have been giving up the most to the running back position. So I think Ingram at that price is probably one I'm just gonna lock in. In terms of the second one, I, I like a lot of the names you threw out there, Kareem Hunt. Um, you you, you spoke about Jarek McKinnon, and there's some other guys I have been considering um buck allen at 5400 kind of intrigued me a little bit uh, on DraftKings. um but for the most part i think i'm just going to stick with those those four names and, and unless i really hear something definitive about tom brady um if you know if he's not going to play then i might consider mike Gillisley as well but even that kind of feels kind of gross so yeah I'm probably just going to stick with ingram and, and one of the, and the, the, the other guys you mentioned nick all right, let's move on to the next position here. Nick, the wide receiver position. Now, in a week to where I have a ton of plays, this is the position to where I found myself struggling a little bit for at least cash plays. I have some guys written down for GPPs that we'll get into in a little bit, but I didn't have a ton of names down as, you know, kind of stone-cold cash lock, so
2: I'm really interested to see who you're going to be going with um, at wide receiver in cash this week. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of cash game plays at the wide receiver position. It's a, a situation where I'm definitely a little bit stumped at the wide receiver position. I don't think there's any, you know, must-gem inexpensive guys, and I also think in terms of value, it, it's, it's tough. You, there's a ton of plays that could either, I think it's more like a boomer-bust type week at the wide receiver position, and so I think that's kind of how I want to play it. Um, there are some interesting situations. I think Larry Fitzgerald is is certainly a lock with a great matchup against uh Tampa Bay. There, Robert McClain plays ninety percent of the routes faced in the slot, according to Pro Football Focus, and he's not been very good. Allows an eighty-seven percent catch rate. Uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald is the one guy I feel pretty good about this week in cash games. Also, just given the fact that he is a volume guy, he gets uh, you know just a ton of targets. He's had um. This year he's had thirteen, six, fifteen, seven, and ten. So you're looking at a floor of six targets right now, and I think he probably will get more than that, given the the matchup situation here. So uh, you know I I think Larry Fitzgerald is probably the guy I'm gravitating to. I know a lot of people will look at uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins, and I think he's certainly in play in cash games, but uh, I, I, just that price of eighty one hundred dollars, I'm not a hundred percent positive on DraftKings that he is. He's worth it. Now, you do look at his target numbers. They've been fantastic. 16, 13, 12, 12, and 8. So he's right now got a floor of 8 targets. Uh, again, has a, what on paper is a good matchup against Cleveland. But the one thing that, um, you know, if you, if you look at, and again, I like always talking about fantasy labs because they're a great partner with Rotoviz. If you look at the way that DraftKings adjusts salaries for the wide receiver position, uh, when they, when wide receivers face Cleveland, they overadjust them apparently, so you know the plus-minus number that Fantasy Labs uses there really is is a salary-based expectation, and Cleveland does hold wide receivers to two points under their salary-based expectation, and that's because in a large part, even though they're a good matchup, that DraftKings just definitely really adjust the salary for uh, for the matchup here against Cleveland. So I think it's interesting because DeAndre Hopkins, you know, started the year fifty-nine hundred, fifty-eight hundred went up to 62, 64, 76, and now he's 8,100. So I don't think he's a bad play, and I think in cash games he's probably okay, but I don't think he's necessarily a must-start even in cash games. Uh, another player that I do like is Golden Tate. I think he's got a very good matchup against the New Orleans Saints. Um, of all the matchups there, I think Golden Tate is the one I want to exploit, and he does see a decent amount of volume for the most part uh 12 targets, 11 targets, 8 targets, but he did have a game of 4 and a game of 5, so that concerns me a little bit. If you want to go uh you know, if you want to go cheaper at the wide receiver position, I think you can um certainly look at you know, some of the the situations here with um sorry, it's the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think I already mentioned Larry Fitzgerald, but I think some of these guys maybe are more GPP plays. John Brown though, when you look at his uh, his weighted opportunity rating, it is very good, and I don't mind him at 4,500. I just think it's, he's maybe more of a GPP, play, maybe, you know, type play there. I think you could potentially consider, uh, one of the New York Jets, maybe Jermaine Curse. I don't love that. So, I think a lot of these guys in the cheaper range end up being more GPP plays for me. But there is one name that I think is super interesting that everybody's off of. Um, that probably theoretically has a tough matchup, but is only $5,000, and that's Amari Cooper. He will still see plenty of volume. Um, I know it's EJ Manuel, and, and maybe Derek Carr coming back. we have to wait and see on the situation there, but I don't think you can rule him out in cash games or anything like that. That's really interesting. That last one. I, I think you might get a lot of pushback from from
1: listeners on our end, and definitely a lot of owners who have him in redraft now that are just looking at their lineups yeah, and, I'm, and
2: I, I think I think you have to look at a longer term history with Amari Cooper. It's not Sorry. like it's not like he suddenly forgot how to play fantasy football. or Fantasy he forgot how to play real football, right? I know he's mm-hmm. had some drops. I know he's he struggled, but especially if Derek Carr does end up playing, which uh, it, that still remains to be seen. I think. He, He's somebody – and I know the matchup's not great, but uh, I think he's somebody at $5,000 you do need to consider in cash games, um, certainly in GPPs. But I think you even need to consider in cash games because, yes, he had a two-target game this past weekend, but it was with EJ Manuel. And uh, I just think you know Amari Cooper is too talented to be $5,000.
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah, the, the value is really undeniable. You know, who would you rather have, Jerron Brown for forty nine hundred or Amari Cooper for five thousand? Even a struggling Amari Cooper. It's kind of hard to deny. You know, and the, the
2: funny thing is, some people would say Jerron Brown, and I think that's a, a huge mistake. We have a big yeah. statistical prior on Amari Cooper. Um, obviously Josh Hermsmeyer has has done a lot of work with his air yards, and he's shown Amari Cooper his racer, which is essentially the the number of receiving yards you you have versus the number of air yards you have. Mari Cooper's racer is so, so, so far below his career average, his prior two years average, that uh, you expect it to rebound. Re- receivers' efficiency is actually pretty sticky when they're in stable situations. And Mari Cooper is in a stable situation with Derek Carr. So this is something I do think will rebound towards the end of the year. I think he's in a slump. You, you know, baseball players go in slumps. Everybody goes in slumps. And I think this is a situation where Mari Cooper... He's in a slump. He has a low floor right now, but he is in a slump, and I think he's somebody that can bounce back. So, you know, I say low floor, and it is concerning for cash games, but I think there's a bounce-back point. I think the fact that he has a low floor, the salary is now kind of compensating for that low floor, and so relative to the salary, it's not too bad, especially if, if Derek Carr is back and this offense gets back into what they're doing. But it, a lot of it does depend on the Derek Carr news. I just think the, the Mario Cooper hate has probably gone a little too far in general. Oh, definitely,
1: definitely. So Some other names before we move on. Uh, just some kind of ideas that I had. I think even with Case Keenum on the field, Adam Thielen at 6,000 seemed like just quite the value in that game to where it could very easily shoot out with how poor Green Bay Packers secondary is. And then, you know, having Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field is is always tempt, You know, it, it's always prone to really go over into high totals, go over the total. Um, Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris Hogan at 7,000. Um, you know, And that Patriots-Jets game, I think, is a target to where you can really rely on him to score a touchdown um, or, at a minimum, get a couple red zone targets every week. He really has turned into Tom Brady's security blanket with Gronk, Hurt, and Edelman out for the year. Uh, Hogan, I think that's a that's a fine play. As well as – this is the one that I keep going back and forth on, but the value to me is really undeniable of the Washington Redskins receivers – In this game against the 49ers, who have just been giving up a litany of points to the air, Crowder at 4,000 and Terrell Pryor at 5,700. You know, these are the spots to where Kirk Cousins, you know, at least in the past, has really kind of shown that ceiling that he possesses. Um, And that's kind of how he seems to really break into that QB1 status every year, is in these games to where he can put up a ton of points. He really lays it on thick as this, you know, Redskins running game is, hasn't been all that effective. Rob Kelly, I don't believe is going to play in this one in Samaj Perrine, um, it hasn't really shown to be all that reliable just yet. So, um, Kirk Cousins throwing the ball and, and why couldn't it be a week to where Crowder and Pryor really get back on track and you get them at such a discount. So in a week to where wide receiver is kind of hit and miss and there aren't really just slam dunk plays in cash, why not just, take the value with one or both of those guys
2: yeah i I think they're in play given the discount um i don't i don't necessarily love their upside um i guess terrell Pryor has some pretty good upside and and crowder has shown it in the past but he hasn't really shown it this year um i i don't mind him in cash i think it's it's interesting i think in gpp's What do you do with them? How much do you play them? That's something we could talk about, but uh, I don't mind them in cash, especially Jamison Crowder at $4,000. I think that's a nice value, but uh, it'll it'll really depend on how you end up constructing your rosters this weekend, but I think wide receiver is probably the grossest position this week for me. Yeah, certainly, certainly.
1: All right, let's move on to the next position, Nick. The quarterback position. So, yeah, there are a lot of directions you can go this week. You can go with the... You know, the young rookie stud chalk, you can go with the old veteran at at kind of the high end of the salary um, prices up there. Who are you looking at really in for your quarterback this week in
2: cash? Yeah, normally I like paying down at quarterback. Um, I think that that definitely presents usually the highest expected value. Um, And there are some spots you can certainly pay down. I don't mind. Matthew Stafford and cash. I don't think I love him as much in GPP because New Orleans has been better on defense this year. Although they have uh, a huge, um, you know, amount of upside they've allowed as well. You remember the Tom Brady game, of course it was angry Tom Brady. So there's always that, but, uh, <laughs> but the idea is, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways you can go in cash games and I, I typically like paying down, but I think it's okay to pay up because there is value at the running back position. There isn't slam dunk must have expensive, you know, plays at the wide receiver position. So it opens up more expensive quarterbacks this week than most weeks, which means Drew Brees is in play. I know that Detroit secondary has been very good. Um, I think, uh, Deshaun Watson at $7,200, of course, is in play against a terrible, terrible Cleveland defense that's, uh, you know, just been so bad this year. And Deshaun Watson, his floor has been just incredibly high. He's been very good. Uh, you, you look at, the full games he's played, 17.7 points has been his lowest output this year. And that was against Cincinnati. He has had better matchups against New England and Tennessee, but then, you know, in a, in a supposedly more difficult matchup against Kansas City, he still put up 35 and points. So I think Deshaun Watson is probably the direction I'm leaning in cash games right now. But I can see a lot of different directions. I'm curious, is Kaiser – or sorry, not Kaiser, uh, the other Deshaun Watson a lock for you or uh, are you looking somewhere else? If I do
1: have any exposure to Watson, that's where I'm going to have it is in cash games as I expect a lot of people to be all over him in tournaments. And, you know, while he has shown well in the last two games, you know, racked up a lot of garbage time fantasy points last week against Kansas City and then had that explosive week against Tennessee the the week prior – I, I, I still think, you know, Deshaun Watson is not a complete lock to just kind of, you know, go off every week in fantastic matchups. So I'm a little hesitant there. Um, I think at least if I'm going to be in that salary range, I'd feel a lot more comfortable going with a guy like Kirk Cousins at 6,800 on DraftKings in a matchup against, you know, a 49ers team to where, while we I think we can't expect them to really blow him out as the Redskins defense has really has significantly improved, um, the Redskins are kind of in the spot to where they aren't necessarily going to rely on the run game, to, you know, to grind it out in the second half. To where you know, if they can have Kirk Cousins just keep throwing the ball effectively, they they've shown the the willingness to do that. And in a pretty nice matchup, I think he is a, a perfectly fine option. And you know, it's you you mentioned that the Detroit secondary has significantly improved, and they have. Um, but I think true breeze at home. If I am going to pay up a little bit more, it's probably the guy I'm going to be going with as, you know, the Saints at home and as, you know, a, a matchup against a, a very, a very competitive offense on the opposing side at times. Um, and then really just more breeze at home. You, you almost kind of feel like he's good for 300 yards and two touchdowns, um, in this game that could really turn into a shootout really quickly. So I think if I'm going to pay up. I'm going to go with him, but, um, yeah, it's either going to be one of, Breeze or Cousins, those are the two
2: guys I've really kind of leaned on. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of directions to go this week. And if you, if you nail your cash game lineup, it could be a huge edge just because so many directions. There will be a lot of very different lineups. So if you can really focus and, and figure out the exact best quarterback play, the exact best, you know, uh, plays at each position, you could absolutely crush cash games this week. But I think on the flip side, it's also very easy to be super, super off on cash games this week. There's a lot of weeks where like, you know, there's a ton of chalk and it comes down one or two plays. And uh but I think this week is a week where um there's gonna be a wide spread of of cash game plays and lineups and and things like that. So um I I actually I think that makes it um I should say I don't think that it's it makes it a wider range of outcomes, right? Because if you're playing the same plays as everybody else and then it comes down like three or four players and you miss on those three or four players. You could be in nearly in the bottom percentile. But, uh, but what I'm saying is I think there's such a wide range of outcomes that if you do get it right, uh, you'll have a very good week because there will be a lot of people in a lot of other different plays. And I think it'll be a week where you'll, you'll, you'll get a good chunk of, especially in head to heads or I should say in double ups. It's a, it's a great week for double ups because, um, You know, like, when you, when you're a 90th or a 10th percentile outcome, and you're playing double ups, you're either gonna, uh, you're, or sorry, and you're playing, uh, head to heads, then you're going to either just win all your head-to-heads or lose all your head-to-heads, essentially. So you may as well just play double-ups. But this week, if you end up in the 60th percentile, um, you're not going to win that many head-to-heads, but you could win a ton of double-ups and things like that. So I think it's an interesting week for double-ups uh, over head-to-heads. And that's something we don't talk about enough, is when when things are so much more chalky, um, double-ups actually become a little a little less appealing because, uh, because, sorry, I should say head to heads become a little less appealing because they're just like double ups. And then in this a week like this, head to heads become more appealing. Uh, although the flip side is also kind of true. Whereas if you finish 60th percentile, which is a much more likely outcome than in weeks where everything is super chalky, you win all your double ups. So it, it's, it's interesting. It depends on what kind of a player you are. But if you're somebody who consistently, you know, I think finishes just ahead of the field in weeks where it's a, you know, a very buying, uh, bimodal split, a 90 10 split. Um, there is a chance you finish in the tenth percentile. Then you maybe you want to uh, avoid, you know, too many double ups. Whereas, whereas in this week, I think double ups are pretty interesting. If you're, a, you know, somebody who barely finishes ahead of the field on average, sixtieth percentile, that'll win you a ton of double ups. Yeah, certainly, certainly, and yeah,
1: kind of like you mentioned, just real quick before i move on, I have ten names down on my list as as quarterbacks I'm considering, not all for cash. But just really, guys, I can I can see people gravitating towards and in their lineup construction, and I don't, I don't look at really one of them and say that's completely wrong. So yeah, there' going to be a lot of novel lineups there, I would assume. But let's move on to the last position, Nick, for cash. Tight end this week. You know, we have really been scraping the bottom of the barrel the last few weeks in terms of anyone to really play. And now the cupboard is full, and we have just so many guys to choose from. At tight end this week, which direction are you going to be going in cash in terms of the tight end position?
2: Yeah, I mean this is a a very interesting week at tight end as well. Um, I think a lot of people would be afraid to play Rob Gronkowski in cash games, but I honestly do not mind him in cash games if he's healthy. If he if we're gonna you know get the word that he's gonna play the, play the full complement of snaps, he's still a beast. Um, and you know his minimum output this year. Was 12 fantasy points against the Panthers, but that was a super tough matchup, and then he got injured there. So uh, outside of that game, you know he he has a very huge upside and a very good expectation. So I, I don't mind Rob Gronkowski in cash, especially in a week where there's no slam dunk, super expensive plays. You could also make an argument for even playing Jordan Reed at his salary level, but I kind of like him more as a GPP play. I think there's plenty of risk there as well. So then. You start getting into, you know, some some bargain plays. Zach Miller down at twenty-nine hundred against Baltimore. Certainly in a nice situation. Only price at twenty-nine hundred. Baltimore being as terrible as they have been against the tight end this year. I think that is the you know the cheap play that you want to make. Uh there's some other kind of plays that I think have good matchups, uh, but I think they're a little more boom-bust type play, um, you know, guys like Kobe Fleener, I think he's probably more of a GPP play than a cash game play for me. Yeah, yeah, it's – I should
1: say it, I have a lot of tight end names written down. I may have kind of given a, a, an incorrect perception. There are a lot of names I have written down at tight end, but you're right. In, in terms of like slam dunk plays in cash, um, there may not be as many as we thought. So, I mean, my initial thought was just going back to Austin Safarian Jenkins this week. Um, but he is a little bit priced up, at least on DraftKings. Um, you know, taking on the new, you know, England Patriots team. Um, Kyle Rudolph, uh, I think, is a a guy who is seeing volume again, but he's probably still too high of a price, even at 3,800 with Diggs and Thielen, um, in the lineup currently. Um, so probably gonna be relying on, yeah, like a guy like Zach Miller, or even on the opposite side, Ben Watson, um, at 3,300 on DraftKings, I think is a fine play against the Chicago Bears team in a Baltimore Ravens passing game that actually we saw a little bit of life from. Um But, yeah, I mean, it's I, I was going to say Kobe Fleener, but I, I think you're right about him being more of a GPP play, uh, along with Austin Hooper. I think he's more of a GPP play as well. Um, and, and even Martellus Bennett. Um, he is seeing a ton of targets and a ton of yards through the air, but he really just hasn't been paying off because I have been trying to play him, and it has been one frustrating out, even at 3,600 against this Vikings team, Um, probably just more of a tournament play. So, so yeah, I think I'm going to go along the same vein as you and just kind of look at those cheaper guys, if I'm not going to play Gronk, of course.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think you can play a guy like Austin Hooper in cash games who has a super low floor. He, You know, he had two targets in three straight games – uh, it's it, the first three games this year. I, it's just, that's not a play you can make in cash games. A guy who's only getting two targets per game for, for the most part, like two, two, two and seven. No, you can't play that in cash games. Like you look at, you look at Zach Miller's game log. Like, yeah, he's a two in there, but he's got a nine, three and seven as well. And I know the three isn't nice. Uh I think also there's a six because he's played five games this year, but a six, nine, seven, versus uh you know a three twos and a seven is much nicer so i think and he's also cheaper so he's a lot more palatable if he does get that two target kind of game but he does have a good matchup as well so i think that also helps so i just think zach miller is the way to go in cash relative to salary if you're not paying up and i don't think you know i know you love austin Sferi and jenkins and i think he's in a good situation a good matchup well and he'll get volume i think you can definitely play him in cash but uh I just – if I am going to pay up, I kind of just want to pay all the way up. But that's just me. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: All right. Let's move on to the next segment, Nick. The contrarian corner. So there are a lot of different directions you can go this week. Um, But, yeah, let's just get started. Let's just kind of open it up. Some of your top contrarian plays really at any position that you're looking to maybe leverage off of, some of the more chalky spots or – You know, kind of make a pivot off. You know, what's your initial thoughts on this topic?
2: Yeah. Well, this is, this is interesting because I don't know if I should save some of this for the stacks or or save some of this for our, for our theory later, but there's definitely plenty of, uh, I, I guess I could, you could say contrarian spots or, or plays this weekend that I like. Um, I'll just, I'll just say I really like at the quarterback position, this, this, uh, Tampa Bay versus Arizona game, you've got two essentially funnel defenses here and not so not only do you have one, you have two and both of them are past, you know, past defense, funnel defenses. In other words, they allow a lot of, uh, Better a lot better efficiency versus the pass than they do versus the run. Arizona, if you just look at like Football Outsiders DVOA metric, twenty four pass seven run. Tampa Bay twenty seven pass six run. So you got a couple of funnelish type defenses here. Um, you've got again in, in in terms of the offense. The Arizona offense struggles on the ground for the most part. Yes, they did just trade for Adrian Peterson, but I think we can all agree it's it's no longer the situation they have here with David Johnson running the ball and, and being a pass game threat and everything like that. And then on the Tampa Bay side of the ball, you've got Doug Martin who's coming off suspension who does have you know, decent... I guess upside, but he's never been a guy who's been super consistent. He's just had a ton of huge games and some disappearing games. So I think this is a situation where you want to attack the passing games here. Love Jameis Winston on the road. Um, they're right now, they're currently an underdog by about two points. Uh, it, it's fluctuated a little bit, but given the fact that they're an underdog, I, I'm sorry, they're a favorite right now, but, uh, given the fact that, uh, this game should be close and is, on the, you know, I guess of all the totals this weekend, it's on the lower ends. It'll probably be lower owned, but I think that's a mistake because I think this game does have the potential to shoot out. If you look at the Road of His machine, um, the wide receivers, especially in this game, have great situations here. Uh, if you just look at the, at the, you know, the main slate, Tampa Bay comes in as the seventh best wide receiver matchup and Arizona's the eighth best wide receiver matchup according to the Road of His by machine. And there are 28 total teams playing this weekend so and they're seventh and eighth out of the 28 total teams so in the top quarter essentially of matchups this weekend for wide receivers um i, I just think it's a situation where you got funnel defenses you've got good matchups you've got struggling running games or, or at least running games that aren't like lighting the world on fire and good running defenses this will either i think this game has the widest range of outcomes it'll either be a shootout or it'll be the teams trying to run the ball and completely struggling, eating up clock, and having a, a super low uh, point total. But I really think this game has a wide range of outcomes, and if there's a wide range of outcomes and low ownership, I'm going to want to attack Tampa Bay. So I love... Jameis Winston, and I actually even like Carson Palmer on the other side as well. I know he doesn't have as high of a ceiling maybe, but Jameis Winston with his legs I think is, is super interesting in GPPs. If you want to talk some other GPP plays, we have talked a lot about Washington. Um, we've talked about, you know, maybe playing Jordan Reed at tight end. I definitely like that. Uh, I think he's got such massive upside that I think he's a strong GPP play. And Chris Thompson is in play again. I know his price tag has come up. And that might scare people off of them. But San Francisco, one of the worst teams against running backs in the past game. And they stink against the run, uh, which, which does bring Samaji P. Ryan into play. I think you could, you know, maybe if you want to play a few different Washington, uh, either stacks or, or just not stack necessarily Washington, but, um, you know, just get exposure to the running game you could use either of these guys San Francisco atrocious against the war on the and against running backs in general according to the road of his Bilo machine Washington has the best matchup for running backs and I don't think these guys will be extremely highly owned I don't think any either of them will be uh may, well I don't think Chris Thompson will be over 15 percent and I don't think P Ryan will be over maybe five or six percent so um I certainly like those as GPP plays as well so that's kind of where I'm a couple places I'm leaning. I have some other ones that I think I'm kind of saving for, for stacks or for uh, our, our little theory aspect later in the show.
1: Great stuff, Nick. Yeah, I'm I, I kind of looking to really pivot off of some of the big spots um, to where they are playing off of the um, assumed narrative as to how a lot of these games are going to go. And I, I have three of them. So... Number one, I think the uh, the Houston Texans-Cleveland Browns game, I assume a lot of people are going to be all over Deshaun Watson in this passing game, just given how, you know, two straight weeks, um, one just utterly dominating the Tennessee Titans through the air, and then the second week where Deshaun Watson was really able to put up a lot of points in garbage time trailing behind the Chiefs. I think this is a perfect week to pivot off of this passing game. It's going to have a lot of various aspects uh, with a lot of high ownership, and just go to Lamar Miller um, at a decent price on DraftKings. He's 5400. We've seen this before. He can see a ton of volume, and if he just so happens to be, you know, the guy who who scores all the touchdowns against this Cleveland Browns team, you're essentially going to gain a huge leg up on the field. That's likely going to be all over Deshaun Watson and trying to really hit that quarterback to wide receiver or even quarterback to tight end connection where Lamar Miller just ends up really pushing you up those tournament leaderboards um uh, another one um the Atlanta Falcons game you brought up a really good point before the pod uh that I thought was really interesting Miami is another one of these defenses that n- it may be not as severe as the Arizona Cardinals or the Tampa Bay Bucks, but they are more of a funnel defense and I can see a lot of people going after Devonta Freeman and if that's the case Tevin Coleman could play a really nice um, pivot here, as he has been catching a lot of passes. They've been using him extensively in the passing game, and if he just so happens to go off and everyone is trying to go after Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, you could really get him at a nice price uh, with a very high ceiling and low ownership. So I think Coleman is in play. And then one more, um, this Rams-Jaguars game, I think people are way too high on the Jaguars. I know that they, you know, went into Pittsburgh and they put up a nice game against a, a team we perceived to be very good at the beginning of the season, but this is still a Jaguars team that was utterly dominated by a Tennessee Titans team that we've seen is pretty much not all that great, and then they lost to the New York Jets as well. And it, it wouldn't surprise me all that much with how poor their run defense is if Todd Gurley and Sean McVay with the creativity he has shown in certain matchups to really take over early in this game and to force Blake Bortles to throw. So I think a, a Gurley and Rams defense lineup in GPPs could be one that could really, um, pay dividends if everyone happens to be on that Fournette side expecting them in are in a really good, passing
2: secondary to really take over this game yeah I actually really like that Gurley and Rams defense call uh it's going to be super low owned we know Todd Gurley's upside we know Blake Bortles can throw interceptions we know the Rams defense is is pretty good I think that's a, a, a very 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 good call uh and I just wanted to circle back on the, the Lamar Miller the Houston call I agree completely agree with you there and I also think um you know if people are going to be all over DeAndre Hopkins Will Fuller and Ryan Griffin are also in play as as GPP plays as well for sure. Um, I, I like the fact that Ryan Griffin is priced up because I do think that'll keep people off of him. Um, I'm not sure how much it'll keep people off of him, uh, I, but I'm hoping it does keep people off of him. However, uh, I think you know if you do look at, for example, Fantasy Labs current projections, he's projected at nine to twelve percent ownership. I think that's actually going to be too high. That's my opinion. People will look at his last two games and see four points and three points. Um, I think, you know, they might shy away. It is a good matchup, but I think they'd rather have a good matchup with somebody like Ben Watson, as you mentioned earlier, or as I mentioned with, uh, uh Zach Miller. I think a lot of people will gravitate towards that if they just want to pay down. And I don't think they're going to like paying in the middle as much. Um, even if, you know, even Austin Safari and Jenkins, I think, uh, might not be as high owned as we, we think he could be, despite the fact that he's potentially in, in play in cash games. So I really like paying up at tight end this week, just in general. Um, Ryan Griffin, anything 4,000 and above on DraftKings, Ryan Griffin, uh, Sferin Jenkins, Jordan Reed, if he, you know, he's going to be healthy and play the full game. Robert Gronkowski, if he's going to be healthy and play the full game. I think tight end is a super interesting position to just pay up in general because we know there are a lot of plays all over the board and there's a lot of plays all over the board. Getting those tight ends that are a little more consistent, that are higher valued because they're just in better situations is is typically a pretty good thing. But there's no doubt Zach Miller is also in in a good situation at tight end. Definitely, definitely. All right, Nick.
1: Before we move on, I have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now to try out the new app. Draft, it's one week fantasy football with no management. Just set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last minute injuries for you. Draft start every couple of minutes so you can hop into one right now. Play for cold hard cash at any price level of your choosing. Draft start from just $1. There's a draft for everybody. No salary caps. Play in a real life snake draft just like you play with your friends at the beginning of the season in your season-long lease, Come join us on Draft today, download the app anytime, just search Draft in your app store, and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whichever you'd like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code RV Radio. That's right, play a real money game for free. Just by using our promo code RVRADIO. Just search Draft in the App Store, go to PlayDraft.com, and come play for free with promo code RVRADIO. Alright, let's move on to the draft segment of the show, Nick. You proved once again that you are much better at this thing than I am. It was not close last week. You you mashed me up pretty good in a in a lineup that I felt pretty darn comfortable with, but... You know that centerpiece of Le'Veon Bell really kind of let not only me down a lot more, a lot more people down, especially in the DFS space. But it's a new week, so we have queued up for another draft here, and it looks like you are going first this week, Nick. So why don't you lead us off here in this draft?
2: Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd rather not be going first this week. This is a week where I think uh, I might want to go second, but you know, c'est la vie, right? So. Uh, <laughs> What, what can you do? Um, all right, I'm going to kick off this draft. I think there's um, you know, a, a ton of plays available, but I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins. He's the nuts player this week at the wide receiver position. I, I just think it's a, a situation to get a lot of volume, a good matchup. So DeAndre Hopkins is the way I'm going to lead off.
1: Very interesting. Okay, you're going to go in that direction. So I will start off with Julio Jones as my first wide receiver, and let's go... Hmm, hmm, hmm. Where am I gonna go with my next pick here? I'm gonna go with Todd Gurley at running back. I really I think I'm gonna go with that pick. Very interesting. I'm gonna go Le'Veon Bell and Kareem Hunt. Oh, very two solid ones, especially Kareem Hunt. I like Kareem Hunt a lot this week. Okay. Uh since you have some of those positions locked up, let's try to pick one let's try to pick a quarterback before you. So I'm gonna go with Tom Brady, and then I'm gonna circle back around for my second wide receiver or tight end and i'm going to go with hmm
2: i'm going to go with antonio brown very interesting antonio brown is a is a nice pick i like that um all right so i have two running backs i have a wide receiver i am going to take another uh wide receiver and that player is going to be none other than Keenan Allen, I think he's a nice volume play this weekend. Um I, I was hoping I could get somebody to stack, but I think that's not going to end up working out. So you took Tom Brady. I definitely am going to take Drew Brees and round out our little draft there, and move to five and one when we convene all of this next week. I got one more pick to make, right? Don't. Oh, yeah, oh I'm jumping the gun here, yeah, yeah, but we already yeah. know I'm going to go five and one. no come on come
1: on I got a round out here which is I'm gonna go with my second running back and I'm gonna go with Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon interesting not Fournette not Fournette no I took the girly side so I'm going to and I I don't expect it's happened a couple times this year but I don't really like the the double stack running backs on opposing sides yeah
2: I did it but that was Le'Veon Bell and Kareem Hunt so I think it makes a little more sense
1: yeah, 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 they so they're kind of, you know, engines of the offense on their own. So Exactly. Cool. All right, cool. Let's move on to the the next segment of the show. The defenses, whether it be cash, whether it be GPP, there are a lot of defensive plays given just the wide disparity in um in some of the team totals this week. You had mentioned, I think there was 3 or 4 games that are over 10 points separated between the two teams. Um, and there's some even interesting plays at the low end salary point to where I think they could go really under owned in some nice spots. So, who are some defenses that you're looking at this week? Um, whether it be cash, whether it be GPP, just really
2: things that just kind of pique your interest. Certainly. Well, uh, I think this is an interesting week for defense because I don't, I don't feel as confident as I normally do. I normally have a lot of defensive plays that I like or, or feel strongly about. Um, I did mention this, this Tampa Bay game. I love playing the Tampa Bay side. I do like playing the Arizona side, but if you're fading that game, I don't mind the Tampa Bay defense. I think they have plenty of upside with the way Carson Palmer has had some interception issues this year and some sack issues, so I think there's upside there, but I think there's a lot of downside there as well with Tampa Bay, so they're a GPP only for me, not anything you could play in cash games um you know honestly I think uh Baltimore is is a fine play you've got Mr. trubisky who's playing in a second game I know Baltimore has struggled a little bit recently in terms of their defense but this is still a team that has spent a lot on the defensive side of the ball they are they are gonna have some ups and downs especially early in the season but I think their ups have shown they have plenty of upside uh and, and so I don't mind playing Baltimore against a quarterback making his second ever start and then. Finally, I actually kind of like the Jacksonville defense. I know you're on the Gurley Rams uh, DST RB stack here, but I also don't mind the Jacksonville defense. I think this is an interesting situation because Jacksonville right now has the most, most sacks in the NFL at 20 sacks right now. If you look at how bad Jared Goff was last year, a lot of it was because he was under pressure, and I think this is a game where he could be under pressure. So... If that is the case and if Jacksonville again, also at home in this game, if if Jacksonville performs well, puts a lot of pressure on Jared Goff, puts uh LA down, then I think this is a situation where not only could they be pressuring Goff, they could get a pick six, something like that. And I know they're the price a little more expensive and there's some other defensive plays that are more air quote chalky this weekend, like New England or or maybe uh I did mention Baltimore earlier, Houston versus Cleveland, but I don't I don't necessarily like Houston as much Versus Hogan as maybe I would versus Kaiser, but uh, I kind of like Jacksonville. And if you're not doing a Jacksonville lineup, I'm with you, Heath. I also like the the Rams girly call. So uh, you know, I, I certainly don't mind them as a defense as well. But I I, I also like the Jacksonville side of things. I, you know, this is just a game. I also think has, um, like I mentioned with the Arizona and Tampa Bay, I think a wide range of outcomes. So I think uh, Jacksonville, LA. Don't mind either side of the ball in terms of defense, and I also like the Todd Gurley side, even though I am gonna play some Jacksonville defense. So I'll be doing them in obviously in very opposite lineups. Yeah, I I, I like the Jaguar side of the. Uh,
1: Jaguar side of the play as well I mean if you look at the games Jacksonville has played this year there's really only one game that ended up close and it was that jets game to where they went to overtime every other game they have has either resulted in a loss or a win of nineteen points or more they're either losing their shirts or they're really just kicking the tar uh you know out of the team on the other side of the field so certainly makes sense um and i'm surprised you uh, i'm as you say i'm more grateful that you left this this very easy call Uh, you know a team we just kind of keep recommending and they just kind of keep coming through for us the Chiefs defense at home it's they're priced a little bit higher this week but nothing really significant taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers um 3,200 on DraftKings um we saw kind of what happened last week when when Roethlisberger uh threw the ball and he he may not just have anymore he he may just certainly be washed um, and that could lead to some turnover opportunities for the Chiefs who have really shown them an ability to capitalize those, uh, on those in the past. So I like that one. A very interesting one. I heard um, via Pat Mayo of the uh, Pat Mayo experience. I believe it's called now uh, the New Orleans defense taking on the Detroit Lions and not necessarily for their big, um, turnover opportunity or anything like that as Matt Stafford is a guy who's not really prone to multi-turnover games but more the quality of that offensive line and the pass rush that's really kind of come up out of nowhere in New Orleans to where if they're able to shut down Detroit kind of keep it to where you know a low scoring game they could rack up a lot of sacks and maybe even a fumble or two um, and at such a cheap price in a very expected low ownership as I think everyone has the perception that the Saints team is just kind of, you know, that 32nd ranked defense in every category still as to where they have significant, I shouldn't say they've significantly improved. They've improved on, in their pass rush at least. So I think that's an, a, a pretty interesting one. Um. And then, kind of like you mentioned, there's a lot of high-end defenses. I think Baltimore, I'm with you, is probably my favorite if I was going to go with one. Um, But maybe even the Washington defense at 3400 really kind of interested me as well. There's a lot of different directions you
2: could go this week. Definitely, there's a lot of directions you could go. And I knew you were going to say Kansas City, which is A, why I laid off of them, and B, I think this is another game that has an interesting, uh, I guess, range of outcomes. Um, I think Kansas City could completely smash, or I think... People could be just totally off Ben Roethlisberger, and it could be like instead of Tom Brady angry, uh, it could be like angry Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe he actually does something. And so I don't mind Ben Roethlisberger in a GPP being a little overweight, but like five percent, six. It was like that week where I said uh, I like Cam, but don't go ham on Cam. Turns out Cam went for like a billion points, right? (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know. So I think this is a week where where Roethlisberger is interesting, even though it is Kansas City. I just think that he has something to prove, and uh, there's talk about him, you know, retiring, etc., and from preseason and now him saying he doesn't have it anymore, and blah 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 blah. Uh, this is a super wide range of outcomes spot, and I don't mind playing Kansas City defense. Also, don't mind playing Ben Roethlisberger in a GPP, even though it's on the road, which makes me favor the Kansas City defense side. But uh, I, I like I like the New Orleans call, and the reason I like it, it I was you know going to save this for the theory section, but this is a Situation I kind of want to fade Detroit's offense and possibly even New Orleans offense and maybe just this game in general in terms of, like, stacking. Uh I think this is a situation that, in terms of a theory, I think we could see an under here. But, uh yeah, I, I don't mind the New Orleans defense call as well. Again, don't go crazy on New Orleans defense, 3-5. You know, if you're playing 10 lineups, 1 out of 10 I think is fine as well. But I wouldn't go bananas. They're not priced down as far as I'd like to see them priced for this situation, you know, I'd rather see them at twenty two hundred or twenty four hundred if I was gonna make this play than twenty seven hundred.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know, it's just a it's just a very crazy week to where it's like you're right, there's just such a wide range of outcomes for for really a lot of these games. Um, that it's just I, I think it's really gonna favor um just people who get creative with their lineup construction and really just kind of fade the um the spots to where it's gonna be pretty obvious that a lot of people are going to attack them. Yeah,
2: well we even haven't, haven't we haven't even gotten to my favorite bet spot. That's what we're saving for the last segment here. Yeah,
1: yeah. But before we do that, let's move on to the next segment with the Stacks and Correlations plays. You had mentioned that you were saving some stacks and correlation plays for us in the previous segment, so why don't you lead us off here? here are some some guys that you're looking to really – or it's really some teams that you're looking to stack up or maybe even games with a little bit of a run back on that. Uh, I know you had mentioned that you were particularly interested in that Bucks cardinals game.
2: Yeah, just a situation where you have two funnel defenses. Uh, I think this is a game with a huge, wide range of outcomes, as I mentioned. Either they'll try to run the ball and get completely stuffed and, and waste clock, or they'll just realize they need to throw, and that's the key to success for the most part. So I like, I love stacking Jameis Winston with all of his wide receivers. And when I say all of his wide receivers, I mean all of them. Mike Evans, 6,900 on DraftKings, despite the fact that he's face, facing Patrick Peterson. I think he has bigger upside than that. I think he has multi-touchdown upside. He scored a touchdown on Peterson last year. Uh, he had, he had 18 targets last year. I don't think you'll see that, obviously, with the presence of Deshaun Jackson. But, uh, I do think he could see double-digit targets if he's more efficient than last year versus the Arizona. You know, he could have, seven, eight catches. He could have two touchdowns. He could have close to a hundred yards or maybe even potentially break the hundred yard mark. And he's only 6,900. I like playing my studs in perceived bad matchups. We have seen Patrick Peterson give up a touchdown this year to Marvin Jones, of all people who, uh you know, has struggled a little bit this year. So I like stacking James Winston with Mike Evans. I also like stacking with Deshaun Jackson, former road writer, Tyler Beaker, wrote about Deshaun Jackson just before we went on air on Twitter, and I want to give him a shout-out because he's a great guy, and he did such great work at of his last year. Now he's on to uh, other things at Pro Football Focus, but here's his tweet, basically word for word. Since 2008, Deshaun Jackson ranks first in pass plays of 30-plus yards and second in 20-plus yards. This week, see, this week he faces Justin Bethel, who's allowed touchdowns of 37, 45, and 59 yards. So, uh, Deshaun Jackson's certainly in play. If you use Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards defensive app, you can see how bad Arizona is deep. Uh, part of that is Justin Bethel. Part of that is their safeties, all that. And, uh, so I certainly like the Deshaun Jackson side. He did get priced up a little bit at 5,900. And I even like, the Adam Humphreys play here. Adam Humphreys gets a great matchup in the slot. Tyron Matthew has been pretty abysmal and we have seen some pretty interesting upside from Adam Humphreys in the past couple of years and you know his price tag is is definitely palatable at a $4,000 so if you're looking to double stack I don't mind double stacking Jameis Winston and two of those three wide receivers. Uh, I think Cameron Braid or OJ or Howard They're in play. Um, I wouldn't go, I just wouldn't go crazy on either of those guys because I think this is a situation where you really want to target the wide receivers, uh, in this, you know, in the stack side. On the flip side, um, don't mind Carson Palmer being overweight on him, but I think like five, six, eight percent tops, period. Uh, I think he's probably going to be less than six percent owned, probably less than five or four percent owned. So, um, you know, Carson Palmer, we mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. We've mentioned how, John Brown and Jerron Brown get an interesting matchup, uh, against Vernon Hargraves there. So I I like stacking this game. I think this game is just a, a game that has so much upside and I would, I definitely would like to see the price tags a little bit lower than the quarterbacks, which is my only hesitation here, um, with this, with this game stack. But, uh, I love, I love stacking this game. That's, that's like, that's my favorite contrarian stack of the week. Is just this this game stacked on either side of the ball. Again, don't go crazy. You know, eight, ten, twelve percent on Jameis Winston and like four, six, eight percent max on uh, on Carson Palmer. I like that. I like, I like that a lot. And it's really just kind of
1: playing off the narrative of I, I think looking for the the spots to where we can expect a lot of people to target. Um, I, I expect a lot of people to go after like you mentioned that Lion Saints game. Um, and maybe even some of the, the the passing games we're expecting a lot of points from um, in you know pretty obvious nice matchups. You know, the Houston Texans I think is one a lot of people are going to try to stack. Probably one I'm going to avoid. Um, and then so that really just kind of leaves me with the team to where I don't think a lot of people are going to be on them because of the, the slow start they've really got to the season. I really like stacking the Washington Redskins. Um, it, it's definitely a risky play. As you know, they have not shown up in some decent spots um at previous points of the season. But kind of like we saw how that defense really just emerge, it wouldn't be all that shocking if we just saw the old Redskins offense just kind of come out and beat up kind of a a 49ers team that you know has kept it close, but is definitely reeling on the defensive side. So you know, Kirk Cousins, Chris Thompson, Jameson Crowder. Uh, Terrell, Terrell Pryor, Jordan Reed, all of them are priced way down, with the exception of Thompson. Um, in a matchup against a 49ers team that just gave up, you know, has given up so, so many fantasy points through the air, you know, that, in particular, that, that one big game on Thursday night against the Los Angeles Rams, and you might even be able to kind of play it, it, well, I wouldn't, I should say, I I think there's a a guy on the other side of Pierre Garcon you could you could kind of maybe target as kind of a run back, but I do expect this Washington Redskins defense to do a a pretty bang up job, so I'd probably just stick with the Redskins side, um, and then also just kind of like I mentioned some running back defensive spots and taking the opposite side of how you you know we perceive the public to go. So, again, that, that Gurley Rams defense matchup to where we expect people to be on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Leonard Fournette um, I think is a, a nice GPP play. Um, Lamar Miller in the Houston Texans defense I, I think is a nice one to where people may be trying to look for that, that Texans passing game stack. Um, and I'm not super confident in this one, but maybe this is the week that Mike Gillisley really kind of shows up. And you know establishes yes. a blunt game. Yes. Um. It, it's it has me kind of worried as I've really expected this once, and we haven't seen much of anything from him yet. But this could be one of those perfect weeks because the, the Jets have really been quite poor against the run. Even you know even though it's kind of perception from last year that they are a funnel defense. Um. That they could be a nice spot for Mike like if things do break his way. I'm hoping so because I'm playing him in my high stakes league this week. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Let's move on to the final segment of the show. But before we do, Quick message from our friends over at MyBookie. The fantasy football world, Nick, it's a lot like the sports world. Everyone's looking for advice. Fantasy advice, betting advice. Everyone's looking for a recommendation. But for some reason, people never ask where they should be betting. It's just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to MyBookie. MyBookie.ag has been around for years. It's a go to in the betting world. They do 100% cash bonuses. They have the fastest payoffs, as quickest as two business days. You put in the work, you know who to play, so why don't you turn that knowledge into some cold, hard cash today. Make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have live in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go quick and painless. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code ROTONFL to activate that offer. So visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's move on to the last segment of the show, Nick—the theory, the bets, and the Vegas line segment. So, what li- what lines do you think uh, Vegas might have wrong this week? What are some bets that you might find yourself making on my bookie? Um, yeah, let's just kind of
2: let's just kind of throw it up and, and see where, where where are you looking at this week? I've been saving this all show. Been saving this all show. Oh, let's hear. it. I have been saving this all show. Let Let's hear. It. You ready? All yeah. right, so. Atlanta is an 11.5-point favorite, and I think that's complete crap. I think this is a situation where—let's look at what Atlanta has done in the past game, because Miami themselves are a funnel defense. Uh, we've talked about some funnel defenses. There are really four major funnel defenses if you just go by DVOA. We talked about Tampa Bay and Arizona. There's also Cleveland, which has just been dreadful against the pass and, and very good against the run. And then Miami is the fourth one. Uh, there's a couple of reverse funnels. You know, you talked about Jacksonville first against the pass and 31st against the rush. But going back to this, Miami has been a funnel. So I think there will be plenty of people on that, Ryan, this week. But let's go over to what Atlanta's done this year in the pass game. It's been nothing, essentially. Uh, you know, what big games has Julio Jones has? I think people are expecting this to be the big Julio Jones game. Um, you know, Matt Ryan himself has put up less than 21 DraftKings points every game. The departure of Kyle Shanahan definitely has changed this offense. I think we have to shift Matt Ryan's range of outcomes down. And I don't think this is a small sample size issue. No, they've played only four games right now. They had a bye week. But I just have this feeling that the offense is a little bit different. Um, when you see them struggling against teams like, you know, Chicago, I think it's it's a different situation than uh, than last year, and I, I just think this is a situation where you know it'll probably end up being closer than we think, and then flip over that the fact that uh, you know Atlanta is just atrocious in all areas versus the running back, and we know Jay Cutler has been a weak link for Atlanta, or sorry for Miami this year, and I think this is a situation that also helps Miami. You get a team that could eat the clock because they do favor the running back. They do play a little bit slower. They get a good matchup against Atlanta, who struggled against the running back in all facets of the game, not just on the ground, where Atlanta has been uh, a 29th DVOA against the running back on the ground this year. But then you also look at the pass game, and we know, we know, we know, we know, we know that running backs get a ton of volume in the pass game against Atlanta. Atlanta... uh Second to last right now in terms of volume in both targets and yardage, uh, and also in efficiency, the right mid-pack against in-pass game to the running back position. So um, not very good for Atlanta to face the running back, and I think this is a situation J.H. will probably be less than 8-5% owned. We saw this, what was it, two or three weeks ago? Where CJ Anderson was in the winning millionaire maker lineup. Nobody was on him. He was priced in, granted, he was priced upper 4800 instead of mid 50s, you know, mid 5k, upper 4000s, I should say, instead of mid 5000s, which is where, uh, Jay Ajayi is priced right now. But Ajayi is definitely at a palatable price of 5700 for a guy who gets 30 touches sometimes. He had 30 touches, uh, in the first game this year. And he had 27 touches and 28 opportunities against the Titans in their most recent game. So we know Ajayi is the workhorse there in a very favorable spot for running backs. So I like Miami to cover 11 and a half, and I like Ajayi, Ajayi in GPPs, and that's that's the whole DFS implication right here. Love fading the Atlanta pass game. Uh, I just think this is a great situation where people will see the the Vegas line gravitate towards that, and it's a situation I want to fade Atlanta, flip the script go with Miami's run game here uh it's it's just a it, it's it's definitely not a play I think everybody can or will make and it's certainly not a uh one I think that is you know a cash game type play at all whatsoever but it's a play I love this week that is gosh
1: my my headphones are, are smoking right now the the, the that's take. why that's that why is...
2: emoji my little emoji thing on uh you know on slack chat is that little fire emoji <laughs> exactly. That that's a really interesting bet and
1: I I don't know if I'm I have the balls 11 and a the half trigger. points, man. Like all they have to do uh, is not a suck. It's a lot. <laughs> yes, but Jake Cutler can suck spectacularly. So let's hope they take it out of Jake Cutler's hands and really we really see that upside of Jay Jay come out. That
2: would just Yeah, be and is in his okay, so actually this is another thing I wanted to talk about. My uh, Atlanta and San Diego for multiple years running have have really struggled against you know the pass against running backs, and also have not been super stellar on the ground against running backs. And we've seen it again this year. And guess which game was Jaijai's best game? It was a game against instead of San Diego, now the L.A. Chargers. The best game of the year put up 122 rushing yards. Didn't get that touchdown, but 122 rushing yards translates to you know on draft games if you're getting the three-point bonus for 100 there, 15 adding a touchdown for 21, a couple catches, 25 something like that. And he's priced at 5,700, a very similar defense to Atlanta. Oh my God. I love this play. And it was on the road at the Chargers where he traveled across the country. The, he, he basically has to travel a few miles north this weekend. So uh, indoors, on turf, all that. I mean, I think this is a great spot. Definitely, definitely. That's, that is going to be a very interesting bet. I, I,
1: I'm really pulling for you on that one because that is just, you are probably going to be one of the very few people
2: who take that side. That's, that could be super super. Yeah, and, short. and, and I don't have. eleven and a half point favorite, and they're pulling in 67 and... percent of the bets, something like that, right now. So, you know, even yeah. though they're only eleven and a half, or only air quote, right, they're still also yeah. pulling in a ton of bets. So, nobody's gonna be on on Ajaya this weekend. Nobody. Nobody.
1: Yeah, and, and you might even be able to wait out that line for a little bit and see if it even kind of moves a little bit further. That would be kind of. Even better. My takes are not nearly as as hot as those. Um, I think I'm just going to stay on essentially something I've been harping on all show. Just the Rams plus two and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I you know kind of the way Jacksonville has played, they're very hot or they're very cold, and I just really think this Rams team is a lot more complete, um, and, and this Jaguars team is very dependent on the game script going specifically the way they want it. So if the Rams do not make any mistakes and they really take advantage of how soft Jacksonville is against the run game with Todd Gurley on the other side of the ball, I think they could very easily take down this game, um, and they are the favored ones. And then one that I, I think it's I think a lot of people are on, but I, I was kind of worried about to hear your thoughts now Um a lot of people have been, I believe, this week opened on the Detroit Lions New Orleans Saints game. Uh, the game total at fifty and a half, and I believe that game total has come down one full point to forty nine and a half. I wanted to get your thoughts on just taking the under, as really I think both of these teams' defenses are kind of being misperceived. As Detroit, you know, they they really gained my respect. I I, I no longer doubt the quality. Of their secondary on the other side, and New Orleans Saints, um with that poor defensive offense, de- excuse me, that Detroit offensive line, um and the New Orleans Saints were able to get pressure. I could see this turning into
2: kind of a slog of a game pretty quick. What do you think about taking the totally under? Totally with you. Totally with you. That was my other one, but I wanted to not spit so much fire. a a ton of times in a row uh, (laughs) all at once no i'm 100 with you i love fading this game in gpps um i I even like taking the under bet on this and if you're taking under bet you're fading it because uh, this is just a situation where i think you're right i think norland's defense has improved in spots detroit's defense uh has shown this year they've been very good i think they probably we still have to stick a little bit to our prior from last year where they were kind of atrocious but they were much more atrocious in the first half of the year than the second half of the year so I think we are, you know, this is the same secondary Detroit has had now uh, for two years running without injury, essentially. And so uh, there, was, there was a couple minor knocks here and there. A few players missed a couple games. but By and large, they've been playing as a full unit, not just both cornerbacks, not just both safeties, but also the nickel corner there in in Diggs, Quandre Diggs. They've made a lot of improvements, and I think this is a legit team. New Orleans has clearly shown they've improved, just like the Washington Redskins have shown they've improved. And, and both of these teams have largely focused on improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so I think this is a very good under to take. Um, you, you mentioned 50 at .5, and that's probably where the DraftKings price was set at 50.5. Now we're down to 49.5. I agree with you. I would still take the under here. All right, fantastic. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this
1: week's edition of On The Daily. Please remember to rate and review us on and the Rotovis Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to Rotovis through the Rotovis Radio channel, rotovis.com slash podcast. And, yeah, that's going to do it. So for Nick, who you can find on Twitter at RotoDoc, I'm Heath Kruger at HeathK on Twitter, and we'll see you next week.
0: love a good deal sail into the season at banana republic factory's mega labor day sale entire store 50 to 70 percent off dresses from 1999 polos from 1699 find your nearest store or shop online only at banana republic factory sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history